Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Codify, your go-to podcast about all things computer science. I am one of your co-hosts, Marla. And I'm also one of your co-hosts, Avia. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the Internet of Behaviors. So specifically, I remember a few uh, a few months ago or a few weeks ago, Avi and I did an episode on the Internet of Things, and we basically talked about um, how uh, the emergence of a lot of the new devices that we see today, of how they're becoming more interconnected, and we talked about that through the th- through the Internet of, of Things. And so today, I wanted to go back to this idea and uh, go into the Internet of Behavior. So what the Internet of Behavior is, is it's it's a way to monitor, uh, control, and model human behavior by using different devices. So this can include things like sensors or different systems or even wearable devices. And so we're really trying to uh, predict human behavior in a way. And the, and when we talk about this uh, internet, internet of Behaviors, we are looking at things like AI and machine learning, uh, even AR and VR, different mobile devices and cloud computing, all to really gather data on how different individuals or groups behave as a whole. And so that's the whole idea of this concept. And when I look at um, the history of it, I want to go back somewhere in, in the 1990s. So uh, during this time, the concept of the Internet of Things really started to become a big idea because we have so many different like phones and iPads and computers and all these different technologies coming together. And so scientists wanted a way to be able uh, for these devices to be able to communicate with one another. And so this is really when we start to see the concept of the Internet of Things take place. And then later throughout the 2000s and the 2010s, we see the emergence of big data analytics and AI. And with the increase of these different technologies, the how connected these devices um, became was significant. And with the help of uh, things like AI and machine learning, we were able to analyze these devices and extract their data a lot better. And so that's the basis of how the Internet of Behaviors came to be, which I believe was founded uh, in the early 2000s, I think 2012. So that's the history. And when I could go more into like how did the Internet of Behaviors come to be, like very, very specifically, I think the biggest thing that created it was the explosion of data. So again, as more devices became connected with one another, the amount of data that it created absolutely skyrocketed. And so this included things like um, user preferences or how much time a user is spending on a platform and just their general habits in, in, in general. And so this volume of data really opened up uh, this opportunity to use this data in order to create more efficient ways to make decisions in an organization or just to analyze the the behavior of these people in general. So that's a general introduction to the Internet of Behaviors. Okay, so now do you want to go more into the major components of the Internet of Behaviors? Yeah, sure. So there's actually quite a lot of components because the Internet of Behaviors has quite like a an extensive process and so basically one of the first steps is data sources so that basically is where the data is collected from various sources which can include social media wearable devices certain internet of thing devices or even online transactions and these sources just provide a lot of information about people's actions and behaviors and then that data then goes to analytics and processing where advanced analytics and processing tools are used to like make sense and analyze all that data that has been generated. And so it basically just extracts like really meaningful insights about the consumer or about the individual 
from the mass amount of data that they've gathered. It then goes on to behavioral profiling, which it's basically just creating profiles of individuals based off of their online activities that you got from the analytics and processing that they that would happened for like that worked on the data that they gathered. So it's just basically going step by step and analyzing and creating a profile. After the profiling, there's also biometric data, which basically is just like facial recognition, fingerprint scans, and voice analysis can be integrated into Internet of Behavior systems in order to enhance the accuracy of the identification. So that's like another component of it. Then there's like predicted mo predictive modeling, which is basically where the Internet of Behaviors uses like past history of an individual's behavior to forecast its future behaviors. And this is really helpful for businesses, especially in order to see what consumers will do in the future. And so what they should be making in the present in order to make it so that they get more business in the future. Then there's like personalization because the internet behaviors allows for personalized experiences based on the behaviors of individuals. So like this is, for example, like the advertisements you see when you're like scrolling through Instagram or like all of the recommendations you get to on like what to watch that comes up on your For You page. And so it's just things like that, that the internet behaviors allows um, businesses and social media sites to guess what individuals will like the most so that they'll continue using the social media site or business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's more, um, there's Internet of Things devices and sensors, which basically provides real-time data on various aspects of individuals' lives. And that can include like health metrics, location, and environmental conditions. And this just helps even more with behavioral data and data about the consumer. And all of these just go into um, the behavior of humans and individuals. And it helps a lot with businesses in deciding what ads they should be giving, what products they should be offering, how customers are going to react to the products they're putting out. And it's just really nice for figuring out how people are going to react to something. Mm -hmm. I really like the one thing I really admire about the Internet of Behaviors is how it can take like a simple device and it takes a lot of like the facial recognition data and the user data and uh, couple that and uh, use like the past history of that data and really compile all that together to predict user behavior. And I, I really think that's such a fascinating concept. That's It's a really new concept, but it's something that is really helping a lot of the industries that we see today to become more efficient. And um, yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to go more into the biggest applications of the internet of behaviors. So specifically, I think the biggest applications are going to be in healthcare, law enforcement, within retail, and in the workplace. So uh, a lot of times when we go into these episodes, we're always going into how it's impacting healthcare. And I really think it's because it's such an important field that's saving lives. And so the internet of behaviors really does have a big role in this. So one of the biggest uses is through wearable devices. So these are things like uh, like a Fitbit tracker where it can track your sleep or your heartbeat or um, your vital signs or uh, just things like this where it can help the actual machine understand how to create a more personalized treatment plan for a patient or it can help them understand when to take medication or it can just in general 
uh, monitor your health remotely. And I think that's something that's very important for a lot of doctors today. So, so the some examples are like smart inhalers, things like Propeller Health, which can uh, record how much a user is using the inhaler and it can improve treatment to um, for respiratory conditions and it can track things like your heart rate and other behavioral data. So that's within healthcare. The second thing that um, it's impacting is law enforcement. So when we think of human behavior, I think one of the first things that comes into our mind is crime. Like crime is in an, is almost in a way an inevitable, an, an inevitable part of who we are. And so when we look at the internet of behaviors, it's trying to analyze how we can use technology to predict certain crimes in certain areas and using those to create better ways to prevent those criminal activities. So one of the biggest examples is things like ShotSpotter, which is uh, which uses different acoustic sensors to detect local gunfires in certain areas, and it helps law enforcement respond to these incidents more quickly. So in this case, it's using like visual sensors, uh, auditory sensors, and um, like texture descent texture sensors in a way to understand if a gunshot is being fired in a certain area and it uses it to tell local authorities whether uh, if something's going on and, and so it can really help law enforcement in that way another thing that can that it can help with is to um, increase incident response so going back to like if we have any sort of medical emergency or fire emergency or um, any sort of like public health crisis it can really help law enforcement uh, alert them really safely in a way that can impact a lot of people and the next one is within retail so when we look at a lot of big social media platforms today like instagram facebook um, even like twitter now x but it can use, uh, the internet of behaviors can be used to analyze customer behavior within these platforms by tracking their movements or their preferences and purchase history to um, optimize the way that their platform is structured. So like whether that be their explore page or even the way things are structured in their main home feed. And this can apply to in-store uh, in um, layouts as well, where they can use this uh, past user behavior to predict how a store will be laid out or to um, direct marketing campaigns and to product placements. And so everything that the Internet of Behaviors is doing is it's using this user behavior and using it to improve and like in a way personalize the shopping experience so that they can um, make like a system more based on individual preference. So that's within retail. And the next is within the workplace and in education. So a lot of these tools are used to monitor employee behavior, whether that be through like what deadlines they meet or um, what promotions they meet and when. And so things like these are being monitored to in order to create more resources and um, to make different processes more efficient so that they can like make the workplace more efficient in general. And when we look at education, the same thing is happening where uh, a platform can be analyzing um, a, a student's academic performance, like whether that be their grades or how much uh, like 
things they do on a certain educational platform or tracking their online behavior. A lot of educators can understand how these students are interacting with these learning platforms and the internet of behavior can really use this data and create personalized learning paths for a student. And I think this is something that is very important uh, within education because it's helping students learn more efficiently and really personalizing it. So those are the biggest applications that we're seeing today, which is in healthcare, law enforcement, retail, education, and the workplace. Yeah, wow. I always find it so cool how something, how just technology can have such real life applications. And especially something like, I don't know, internet behaviors might seem like initially simple and might just be like, oh, it only applies to businesses. But I find Mm -hmm. it really cool how it also applies to huge fields and really important things like law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really found the law enforcement point like really interesting because with a lot of the past technologies we've looked into, like with the Internet of Things or with machine learning or with nanotech, it's the big uh, common thing has always been within healthcare, the workplace and in education. So it was really cool to see how technology is addressing a lot of the crime that we see today. So I think that's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now do you think you could go more into how social media is contributing to the internet of behavior through data, through data analytics? Yeah, definitely. So social media plays a significant role when um, providing insights to users and preferences. So through like, um, how how users engage with posts, articles, videos, and ads on any social media website, it helps a lot on understanding consumers' preferences and interests, which can then be used to generate more um, data on what a consumer or an individual like prefers. Because let's say they're like liking a lot of dog posts or something. Like from that, you can see that they very much prefer dogs and they're very much into dogs. So maybe like a pet food company would target that consumer more because they know that maybe they could get them to buy their pet food. There's also like sentiment analysis, which is basically like looking at how users respond to content emotionally. So this can be like, I don't know if you see something like really like riveting or something and it's the way in which you react to that. And it can be, it can help with understanding public sentiment towards products, brands and events. Then there's also user profiling, which is basically just like using demographic information through like, which is basically their age, location, gender, and other factors. And all of this helps to create more detailed user profiles, which can help a lot in contributing to targeted marketing strategies. So basically just like targeting maybe just things that have to do with where the person lives or things more like towards their gender. So it just helps with making specific things that really relate to them and it'll make it more likely for them to maybe use a brand or go to business. And so it just helps a lot with understanding users. Then there's also just behavioral profiling, which is under by analyzing user interactions, platforms can create behavioral profiles, which means that they can understand habits, preferences, and online activities. There's also personalization because social media platforms use data analytics to provide personalized content recommendation. So I know we talked about algorithms a while ago and it's basically just like that, like whatever you're clicking on the most, it'll recommend to you more. And that's using user behavior to suggest certain ads and posts and like reels, let's say, that align with an individual's preferences. 
There's also targeted ad advertising, like I just talked about pretty much. It's basically just like displaying ads that are like specific to someone's demographics, interests, and behaviors, which has increased the likelihood of engagement. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much it. It's just a lot of helping businesses understand what consumers into, helping with ads, and just targeting consumers in a certain way that they know will work due to the data that's been collected on them because of social media. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that um, I think is really important is like understanding how the internet of behaviors is really taking user data and like translating it onto their platform. Because for a lot of us, when we think of a social media platform and their algorithm, I think we think of it in a very straightforward way where it's just take user data, put it through an algorithm and then output some sort of um, like certain profile or recommendation page. And so I really like how you went into like the different ways that it used that data and kind of going, to, into, going into the different use cases. Okay, so now I'm going to go more into some of the ethical implications. So with any sort of technology, there's going to be its drawbacks. So of course, we have the privacy issues. So because the Internet of Behaviors is collecting vast amounts of personal behavioral data, it, it's monitoring these people. And without like clear boundaries or regulations of when this data should be collected and how it should be collected, it brings up a lot of privacy concerns of how of what this data is being used for is it being used for in any malicious purpose other than uh, the primary reason it was collected and so i think a lot a big way that we can address this is through transparent communication just to make sure that when someone's data is being collected it stays private and it is used for the right reasons so that's the first major issue which is privacy and um, informed consent the second big issue I see with this is data security. So again, because lots of data is being collected by these Internet of Behavior systems, it makes them very vulnerable to different cyber attacks, um, specifically um, ones that want to use the um, user behavior and sell it. And so uh, a big way that we can combat this is just making encrypted data and safeguarding against these threats, whether that be through creating like a multi-factor um, authentication when logging into a system or in implementing strong security protocols just to make sure that the data is being protected. So I think data security is also something that, need, that we need to look out for. The third thing that we need to look for is misuse of this data. So because this data is being collected without like specific details of how it will be used, it can lead a lot of companies or individuals to use it in malicious ways. And it can even influence decisions in a way that's just um, that the user may not be fully aware of. So that's another issue that we see. And the last thing is discrimination and bias. So because the Internet of Behaviors is using um, at its core a lot of machine learning algorithms to understand the data, it, a lot of the data it collects is biased. Like any data um, we see in computer science is going to be biased. And so this bias can be perpetuated in this data and it can lead to some outcomes that can hurt certain groups of people. So making sure that the, that the data is as least biased it can be and making sure that it's implemented correctly is something I think is very important to prevent this sort of discrimination and bias that we're seeing with um, the Internet of Behaviors when it collects data. And the last uh, challenge that I see is lack of regulation. So I hinted to this earlier with my first point on privacy, but because the Internet of Behaviors is huge, there's not a lot of regulations 
to make sure that it's being used ethically. And there are some organizations like the GDBR, um, I believe like the HIPAA, I forget what they stand for, but these are just sort of companies that regulate how the database is being used through the internet of behavior systems. And so making sure that these organizations can implement the laws that they need to in order to make sure data users' data is being protected right is something I think is uh, very important. So those are the biggest ethical implications. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of ethical problems, but I think it's just like everything pretty much in technology that we've talked about a lot. Like for nanotechnology mm -hmm. and the Internet of Things, there were ethical challenges for those as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like again, like with any technology, it's really prevalent, especially because like data is always biased and it can be used for the wrong reasons. And so I think it's important to address those through this. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now do you think you could go more into how AI comes into play with the Internet of Behaviors and what you see happening with it in the future? Yeah, so AI helps a lot with interpreting the vast amounts of behavioral data. So clearly there's going to be a lot of data gathered about users and AI algorithms help a lot with processing that data. And so it just helps a lot with analyzing it and gathering it in order to really, really manage all of the data that's been generated. It can also help with identifying patterns in the data. So this just, again, goes along with analysis, but allows for more behavioral patterns and trends to be identified, which allows for like more meaningful insights about an individual to be made. Then there's also the fact that AI really helps with predictive modeling because it enables the development of predictive models that can like forecast future behaviors based on the historical data of a consumer or an individual. This makes it really good or really easy for businesses or governments or anyone who wants to you know, use user behavior to anticipate trends and make informed decisions or products that, can, that would like definitely be used by consumers in the future. There's also a fact that AI systems um, help a lot with natural language processing because it allows AI systems to understand and analyze text data, including social media posts, views, and comments, which really helps with like gauging which, like how customer sentiment is leaning or identifying what they're most interested in and ge generally just extracting valuable information from the data. There's also the fact that facial recognition, AI-based facial recognition systems really contribute to the internet behaviors by identifying individuals based on facial features, which just helps a lot with things like security and personalized experiences. AI also helps with analyzing interaction patterns. So basically like how consumers are interacting with various platforms and devices, and it just helps a lot with behavioral analytics. And so that's basically it for the AI part. And it's just basically like AI just helps enhance every single part of the internet behaviors. Like I know we talked about ChatGPT earlier and ChatGPT is a really good example of AI. And while I'm not saying that ChatGPT is used with the internet behaviors, it's basically the same concept. Like ChatGPT can help with things in everyday life, can help you just enhance things and make things faster. And AI pretty much does the exact same thing with the internet behaviors. It just enhances a lot and makes things a lot faster and easier. Then, mm -hmm. Yeah, and in the future, like while it's a little bit hard to predict, obviously, there are like a lot of potential aspects as to how the internet behaviors can look in the future. 
in the future there with the advancement of AI and more augmented reality um, inventions, more virtual reality and extended reality inventions, all of those could lead to more immersive and personalized user experiences. So basically the internet behaviors may start using greater and more advanced technologies, which could help it go faster, um, uh, cycle through more data easily, more easily and predict more trends which could just help a lot with gathering customer behavior. Then it's like advances in AI and how AI analyzes the data could lead to even more personalized experiences. And the internet behaviors may also play a significant role in health monitoring and well-being in the future because wearable devices and sensors could start to provide real-time data on health metrics, which I personally think is super cool because it could just lead to personalized health recommendations and interventions, which I think would be a really great step for health. And I think it could help like a lot for people's health. And then I think as, um, as the internet behaviors continues to grow, like you talked about, I think that there will be more and more issues with ethical considerations and regulation because as it grows, it becomes more and more concerning. And so, especially with that, I feel like there will be a lot more questions about that and it will need to be faced in the future. Mm-hmm. And then the internet behaviors could revolutionize education as well by personalizing learning experiences based on how individuals react to learning styles and how um, they behave with them which is basically just, it could create adaptive learning systems, which I feel is extremely cool because people learn in many different ways. And it's just, it would be amazing to see how how the internet behaviors and AI could enhance the internet behaviors in order to just create a revolutionized education system. And it could just help so many students and so many kids learn in such a better way. And I feel like it could even be used for kids maybe with disabilities or um, like, issues with taking in information because it could just help them a lot because it could adapt to that what they need and instead of having a teacher in front of a classroom where a teacher can't adapt to everybody's needs to every single person's needs the internet behaviors could do that and I find that part really really cool Mm -hmm. yeah I really enjoyed like talking about how the internet of behaviors is impacting everything that we're seeing today. But uh, also I liked how we addressed some of the ethical considerations because there are a lot of those and kind of um, putting internet of behaviors in a real world context where it's not just, oh, like how does it specifically connect to a certain router or a certain device and kind of talking about it from a more general perspective. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, anything else? I think that's good. Okay, sounds good. So thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact us at our Instagram at codify underscore podcast. And we'll see you next week with our next episode. Bye.